This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, let's talk about Google Analytics, the third-party data that it consumes right now, uh, and the end of the third-party cookie. So we've been talking a lot about the end of the third-party cookie, enhanced privacy stuff. And Google has announced um, recently, very recently, uh, May 13th, that they've got some solutions for marketers uh, who are concerned about the data loss. Um, if you've ever been in Google Analytics, you've seen things like audience demographics and you know, interests and stuff like that. And all that comes from Google's double-click network. <clears throat> Obviously, with the reduction of reliance on third-party cookies, uh, some of that we all feared was going to go away. But now Google says, hey, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Anytime you have missing data because of privacy stuff, it's going to use its own machine learning to essentially impute or guess what that data was based on, on behavior. So Katie, uh, should be no surprise that Google is managing to use machine learning and AI to fill in the blanks. How do you feel about that as a marketer, as somebody who's like, okay, I rely on Google Analytics data to make good decisions. And now this is this is saying, you know, you're going to at least be making educated guesses about 30% of it. Well, I anytime you say to me, Chris, that the methodology was imputation, aka guessing, that makes me nervous. Um, because I feel like, yes, even with advanced AI and machine learning, you're still guessing at what the data should be. And that to me is problematic. Now, you know, we could argue, you know, down the rabbit hole of what that actually means, but sort of at a surface level for people to understand, it's basically taking the information that it already knows about the majority of the data set and then, you know, basically inferring the rest of it. Um, and so, yeah, it makes me a little bit nervous, especially if you're reliant on that data for um, targeting your ads or targeting, trying to put together your personas because you could be wrong and spending money incorrectly. Um, I guess, does this extend to things like Google surveys, for example? So with Google surveys, uh, you can choose a market segment, you can specify demographics that you want to target. You want to target people in a certain state or people of a certain age range. Um, I would imagine that this extends to that as well, since it's all part of the Google marketing platform. Um, you know, I think I think that it could be potentially problematic. I think that as a marketer, I should be concerned about the limited amount of valid data that Google's able to provide to me that was actually collected from people and not just guessed at. I feel more comfortable with Google doing this than with other ad tech vendors because they have the infrastructure to support it um, and have better signals. So we all know and don't love Facebook. Uh, <laughs> and we know that they have relatively limited insight, right? They have the Facebook app on your phone, which is obviously for iOS users has been severely restricted the last uh, few uh, weeks. Uh, and they have the Facebook social network where we all go to complain. That's about it, right? Yeah, they, they also have WhatsApp as well. Google has its Google ad network. It has Google ads. It has Google analytics, which they have persuaded millions of websites around the planet since 2005 to install on their sites uh, and tag manager and all the solutions that we recommend to clients all the time. They have the Chrome browser. 
the Android operating system. Uh, they have Gmail. So they have many, many, many more hooks into the audience than any other comparable ad tech provider. So I would feel, I feel personally feel more comfortable with their ability to do imputation with a much larger data set than I would say with Facebook, which may not have as much data and certainly uh, would be relying on data that I would actually see as disallowable data, like gender, for example, or race. Um, so from a, a, an accuracy perspective, I would certainly feel more comfortable with Google than I would with others. But I do think it raises a very interesting uh, and complex challenge for marketers who are using systems other than Google Analytics. Right? If Google Analytics has to rely on its machine learning data from the rest of the Google properties to make decisions, what does that say about something like Adobe Analytics, you know, Omniture? Um, Adobe does not have that same kind of technological footprint. Nobody does. Nobody has their hooks except for Amazon. Nobody else has their hooks into quite as much of your life uh, as Google does. Um, you know, Matomo and the open source platforms, uh, all these other, you know, I love these ads that we see on social networks. You know, Google Analytics is old. It's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> Google has more data than you ever will. And so I would be more concerned about companies and clients and that, that that don't use Google Analytics at this point. You know, it as you were mentioning that, you know, where Google has its hooks into all of these different things, what strikes me, um, and this sort of harkens back to uh, my clinical trial roots, is we're also dependent on the self-report data. So Google is getting its data from people who are using these things but how can we validate that people are being honest and truthful when they're setting up accounts? So, you know, not to sort of call you out, but a little bit, Chris, you know, one of the things that I know you do and that actually a lot of people in your circle do is you don't put your true birthday in any one platform. And so each platform has a slightly different set of information about you, which is fine for you as the user, because you then know, who's selling your data or, you know, those kinds of things. But as the marketer who's reliant on that information to then do my own marketing, well, none of the data is correct. And so that to me starts to raise the eyebrow of like, okay, so Google has their hooks into all of these different things that you've listed, but just like in a clinical trial or in a medical setting, you are only as good as the patient reported information. And if the patient, and in this case, the audience is not being truthful or reporting all of the information, you're still at a disadvantage. So you might have you know, mass quantities of data, but how much of that is actually incorrect? And I think that you bringing up the other uh, competitors to Google Analytics is an interesting um, part, piece of the conversation because there are those larger enterprise companies that are using Adobe and have it so sort of so ingrained into their DNA that moving away from it is going to be difficult. But then you start to see that they're at a disadvantage with their marketing because they don't have that same amount of information. I think that's that's the heart of it is that if you <clears throat> as much as it is uncomfortable to be so heavily reliant on one technology company, if you want the best data going forward in a more restrictive privacy environment, you're going to have to rely on behavioral data and things. And you got to rely on the instrumentation that uh, uh, you know, an AI first company uh, with its hooks into everything can deliver. So your choices really are like Amazon, because Amazon knows where you live <laughs> and, and, and Google. Um, and you raise a good point about a lot of the self-reported data. And, and that's one of the reasons why we've been saying forever, don't, 
rely on self-reported data, look at the behavioral data. Like I don't have a, a browser agent set up to randomly cruise websites to, you know, to throw off a, a, you know, a company's uh, tracking. I just surf the web normally. Um, I may have like 40 different profiles in my Chrome browser, but essentially I don't have the time and the energy and the resources available to spend all of my time, you know, trying to, to, spike or poison someone's AI algorithm. I just got to get my work done. And so even mm -hmm. though I may say some of the demographic and, and factual data is incorrect, you don't, don't need to use that for decision making. You can say, okay, well, you've been to these 22 sites, all of which have Google Analytics, and we can infer then that you are this type, type of user. So we'll show you these kinds of ads. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm less concerned about that uh, in terms of, of analytics accuracy. I do think that everyone has to have a serious conversation about A, are you using Google Analytics even as a backup? Like if, if you're an Adobe shop, I think that's fine. I would be running one or more systems in parallel. Um, and two, um, when it comes to your Google Analytics install, I, I firmly believe we know Google has stopped development on Google Analytics 3. Um, they have said so in no uncertain terms. If you have not at least set up Google Analytics 4 and have it collecting data, I think you're setting yourself up to be at a disadvantage. I agree with that. And I think that, you know, anyone who's not even using a web tracking system is at a serious disadvantage, even more so. Um, but that's a topic for another show. Um, you know, it, it it's interesting, um, you know, when I start to, when I really try to take a step back and put myself in the shoes of, you know, someone who might just be starting in their career as a marketer or just sort of trying to wrap their head around everything that's going on, there's a lot, of information around MarTech stacks that, you know, well, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And it can get overwhelming. And then all the systems don't play nicely together. And the point that I'm trying to come to is, you know, when you think about where to actually start, you need to start with the foundational material. So a CRM, it's nice, but Theoretically, you could keep all of that information as spreadsheet. It's not the best option, but you don't need a system in order to capture that information. You do need a system in order to understand what's happening on your website because you can't just look at it and go, I know that 500 people visited my website today. You need that foundational piece. And that foundational piece should be Google Analytics. Again, Chris, to your point, it can be Adobe or Momoto, but you should be running something else as a backup. We run Momoto as a backup to Google Analytics, just in case. Um, am I saying that correctly, Momoto? Matomo. Matomo. I, so I gave a webinar last week and I'm pretty sure I said the same thing on it, but nobody on the webinar knew enough to correct me on it. So that's, <laughs> so here we are. Uh, it's just a day ending and why. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And you know, even just within the Google ecosystem, you know, making sure that you're running Google Analytics for even if you've done nothing except just set it up, just having it there and collecting data so that I mean, Google has said in a any blog post on Google's blog, like, hey, we're using this to surface new new insights. Well, okay, that means if you're using Google ads, and you've got Google Analytics, you should probably have both versions running and connected to your Google ads account so that you're feeding it the appropriate data. Because mm -hmm. I would struggle to to believe that Google is not taking uh, Google Analytics for data into account if you've intentionally linked it in 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 the two systems. 
-hmm. There's no reason to link them if they're not passing data back and forth to each other. So you want the best data available going to each of these systems. And if you don't have GA4, I think you're at a disadvantage. I agree with that. Um, you know, we're talking, the, the, the question that we're trying to answer is, you know, what happens when that third party data starts to dissipate or um, when not as much of it is available. So what we're talking about is that behavioral data. When we're talking about behavioral data, you know, it can be uh, pretty widely open to interpretation. But in this particular context, what we're talking about is people's behavior on the internet or people's behavior with your web properties that, you know, that being your blog, your website, your, you know, whatever things you have on the internet for people to interact with. And I'm wondering, you know, if someone is concerned that they're not gonna get enough data from Google Analytics, for example, about someone's behavior, about their customer's behavior, can you supplement that well enough by doing your own market research? Is it, you know, a one for one swap? I would argue not really, because to in order to get the volume of data that something like a Google Analytics can collect without you intervening at all, you would have to spend basically the rest of your life trying to find people, number one, to participate, Number two, make sure you have a validated, you know, research plan. And number three, collect and analyze the data. But then you're always falling behind because where Google's collecting this in near real time, you're collecting this and then, you know, you're you're not getting it all in real time. And, you know, I do feel like I'm sort of a little bit rambling today, but I'm trying to just sort of wrap my head around as a marketer, if I don't have the behavioral data in Google Analytics, or if I don't feel confident in that behavioral data, where else can I go to get it? And unfortunately, Google, Google has set themselves up in such a way that you can't, you're reliant on them to provide it. And that just yeah. like, you can sort of see the smoke coming out of my ears now of like, my mind is blown by this. But you're absolutely right. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, which is with market research, that is self-reported data. Right. You're mm -hmm. asking people to take surveys and things like that. And it's uh, unless you're providing you know, contracts with your market research panels, uh, not, to, not to say you shouldn't do market research because you absolutely should. You should. But to your point, it's very difficult to overcome the technological advantage. I was looking at it out of curiosity here and I'll show this for the, those watching on YouTube or other channels. You can see this uh, for those listening to the audio. I'll just read it out loud. This is the browser market share worldwide as of uh, 2021. The number one browser in the world is Chrome, 64% of the market. Safari, which is Apple's IO, uh, Apple's browser, is 18% of the market. Firefox, 3.6%. So when Firefox and Safari have said third-party cookies, they're done. Okay, that's about 21, 22-ish percent of the market there. Um, Google is saying next year, uh, in 2022, third-party cookies are done. 64% of the market. So now you're talking about 90% of the market. There's you, you will not have that cookie data. But what I think is fascinating is this, that we know that Chrome transmits data back to Google, right? So if 64% of the market is using Chrome, then the end of third party cookies doesn't really bother them, right? Because it, it, they have the data, they know where you're browsing. Um, and they even uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation was talking about there's gonna be some new advertising 
features in for future versions of Chrome that will aggregate data and allow them to, to do targeting on that. So to your point, Katie, 64% of the market is, is being run by Google, right? In terms of, of the browser share. So combine that with Gmail, with your Google home, your smart assistant, your, the, you know, Hey Google on your phone and stuff like that. There's a lot of different touch points where Google can, can fill in the, the blanks from an imputation perspective that nobody else can. And this chart, by the way, is also why Facebook is so, so uncomfortable because they know they can't get the data out of Google, right? And now with Apple saying, uh, Safari browsers, hey, we're not gonna let you track it there either. Okay, Facebook has effectively been squeezed out of 90% of the market, right? They're, they're, they're out of the picture. So for them, it's very, very challenging uh, to try and recover this data. They have to rely just on what people put on there. And certainly we've seen from, oh, I don't know, all recent events that what people post on Facebook or share there isn't necessarily the truth. <laughs> it's like, no. it's actually Facebook is maybe the worst place in order to understand what people's true opinions and behaviors and demographics are. The other, you know, and this is sort of getting a little bit more technical, the other consideration, Chris, um, especially if you're trying to target people geographically is whether or not their IP address is set up for where they actually live. So one of the things I know, one of the challenges we have with our Google Analytics is that your IP is constantly rotating. So I can't filter it out from our data because it's not static. And I think that that's becoming more of the norm where someone might VPN in order to protect, um, and VPN is what, virtual? Private network. Okay, virtual private network. So basically you can VPN into some, like you could VPN into Switzerland mm -hmm. and then be running your internet from there. And the like the internet or whoever's tracking has no way of saying they're not really in Switzerland, they're really in Massachusetts. And so oh, yeah. that is going to cause challenges for, you know, targeting and behavior as well, because more people are starting to get savvy about privacy. We, there's still a long way to go. But as, you know, iOS 14 and all of these other things are happening, people are getting more savvy about, oh, wait a second. I don't want you actually collecting all of my data. When I'm agreeing to this thing, what am I actually agreeing to? Let me read it first. And I think that will continue to create more challenges for marketers. But Chris, if I'm following what you're saying, Google's not worried. Exactly. Google's not worried. So this is my VPN. I have 6,000 different exit points around the planet that I could, I could exit from and appear in different countries. Believe it or not, um, kids use these a ton. Um, this one is like $4.95 a month. It's, it's super cheap. Why? because there's some videos on YouTube and Netflix that you can't watch unless you're in that region. And so you'll VPN into Canada or to the UK to watch a show or a video that you can't see wherever it is that you're located. And so people are VPN using VPNs, not for, to you know, avoid the, 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 the conspiracy theories sort of things. No, they're just doing it to watch videos. But to your point, it's having an impact because once you turn this thing on, you tend to forget that it's on and it's bouncing you around the planet in, in all sorts of different places. Um, so that does raise a, a tracking challenge because like, yeah, do you actually know where this person is? Um, on last week's uh, live stream, we were talking about um, the new Starlink product, which will allow you to get satellite internet from anywhere on the planet. Who is this person? Now, the way Google gets around that, of course, 
no surprise here. Even with my VPN on, if I'm using my Chrome browser profile, guess what? I've just told Google, here's where I am now. And Google's like, you move around a lot, <laughs> but mm -hmm. we still know it's you <laughs> because you have not signed out. And oh yeah, by the way, your browser's cooking too. So unless you're using Safari or another browser in incognito mode, they still know who you are. Oh yeah. Well, and I think that that's the thing. And so it's not you know, the, the takeaway shouldn't be, you know, get off of all of Google properties because they know who you are. The takeaway should really be as a marketer, if you're concerned about the behavioral data, the third party data that Google is getting from the audience in order to round out your view of who people are and what they're doing, don't be too concerned. If you're using other systems like Adobe or Matomo, not Momoto, um, or if you're relying on Facebook audience insights, for example, to figure out who people are, you should start creating your backup plan because those systems aren't going to have the same kind of rich data that you can get from a Google Analytics or a Google Surveys or really anything in the Google marketing platform. Because Chris, as you outlined, Google has a really, really, really big digital footprint that nobody else is really going to come close to. You mentioned Amazon, but Amazon doesn't do what Google does in terms of website analytics for marketers. And so you can't say that, oh, well, I'll just get my data from Amazon instead. That's not going to be a thing. Amazon's not going to give you anything. Exactly. And Amazon has no interest in helping advertisers in a lot of ways, right? They want to help right. themselves. They want to sell more stuff through them. Uh, whereas Google doesn't sell a whole lot to the, the end consumer. Google sells a ton to advertisers. And so the other thing I would say there is, and we've seen this um, too, is if you've got ad budget earmarked for you know the coming months and years, you're going to need to earmark more of it for, for Google because as privacy restrictions clamp down, it will be mm -hmm. kind of a Darwinian whose ad tech systems will deliver the best results. Who that will be will be has, who has the best data and delivers the best ROI, which means that you're probably going to be on Google, uh, use Google ads at some point, and you're probably going to need to spend more because there will be a lot of competition to get uh, access to the inventory that still works. Um, the other alternative is, again, what we talked about on previous episodes, which is you may have to start doing the hard work of going direct to certain publishers. Like if you know from your market research, like we were talking about earlier, that everybody in your audience or all your best customers spend time on, I don't know, uh, Travel and Leisure magazine, you can go approach them directly and say, hey, we just want to run some house inventory ads with you directly. We don't want to use an ad network because we can't afford it. Um, what does it cost to, to do this? If you're a publisher, if you have a popular blog or popular website uh, or popular YouTube channel, give some thought to, if you haven't already, what does it look like to inc introduce sponsorship and, and advertisers directly to your audience? Because yes, you're probably using Google AdSense or you know, another ad, ad revenue sharing platform. But if you know your audience and you've got that data, you can be very valuable to certain advertisers who would much rather go direct with you than to you know, just insert their credit card into the giant Google machine. Well, and it also strikes me, you know, and this is, you know, just sort of as an aside, my own sort of piecing it all together. People know, if you say Google, people know what that is. Like everybody in the world has heard of Google. Everybody in the world knows, even if they don't use it. Like, like, hey, Google is the way that you get your phone to wake up. Nobody says, hey, AltaVista or <laughs> hey, Safari, you know. And so I think just sort of even just putting it in perspective of how big, Google is like Googling is an adjective. 
you know, I was, or an adverb, I was Googling the thing, or I Googled, or hey, Google, like, it's become its own thing. It's a verb. It's, you know, what people do. So it's, you can't escape Google. So if you're a marketer who's not using some sort of Google property, like a Google Analytics, you are definitely going to be at a disadvantage because they not only have the lion's share of the market, they have enough different inputs to infer the third-party data and no one else can compete with that. Yep, not anytime soon. So uh, if you are struggling with your own Google Analytics infrastructure or Google marketing platform stuff and you'd like some help, let us know. Uh, we are always happy to have a chat with you. You can go over to trustinsights.ai slash contact uh, to let us know what's going on with your Google marketing platform stuff. And if you'd like to talk more about this or anything else we've talked about in today's show, head on over to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 1700 other marketers are talking about analytics and Google and things all day long. And wherever it is you've watched or listened or tuned into this show, if there's a channel you prefer, head on over to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast. We can find our show on pretty much every channel, uh, including the one that you prefer best. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.